Good morning, saints of God. This is Pastor Kirby Newsom of Quinn Chapel Abney Church, and we're here again for Word to Glory. I want to get started this morning on a passage of Scripture out of the Gospel of St. John, the 11th chapter, verses 45 through 53. Uh, I'll start reading uh, from the King James Version. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and seeing the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then Jesus gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees, a council, and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caphius, being high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us, that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. And not for that nation only, but that he also should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth thereof, but the word of our God stands forever. Uh, for a few minutes this morning, I want to talk about how power pulls, how power pulls. 19th century British a politician Lord Acton said absolute power corrupts absolutely. His basis for his argument is that power attracts corruptible people who desire to retain their power through absolute control over others. Nowhere do we see this more than in government. If no noble man can be broken, so much more can the weak who are overcome by power's pull. We have watched them as they draw upon the ability to summon servants with the push of a button and, button and witness power grass as they show their majesty of their oval office to a desiring others and be warned as they bellow out orders and expect others to follow unquestionably. There's no question that absolute power has a magnetic pull. Few people are able to completely tap down or cower down or let that not get the desire of the best of them. And see, my brothers and sisters, there's something about absolute power that causes the head to take over the heart, to make men self-indulgent and self-gratifying. And see, this kind of negative power bucks against more desirable character traits like compassion and love and charity and turns men's thought inward towards self-preservation and most of all to self-fulfillment and while all power people are not bad people power can too often thus corrupt so let's take a look at the negative pull or the pull of power we put our scripture text under a spiritual microscope but before we do that allow me to set the stage for what is happening in the, our scriptures jesus has been performing miracles everywhere he performed miracles everywhere he went, but up to now, it had only resulted in pockets of people believing in this Messiah or the claim to his Messiahship. 
In their world of no cell phones, no internet, no daily newspaper, no TV, no radio, or as we would like to say, no social media, media, it was tough to spread any message. Most of the Jews remained under the thumb of Caphius, the high priest. But something happened to change all that. The resurrection of Lazarus happened. And when Jesus raised his good friend Lazarus from the dead, the result was an outpouring of declaration that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God, the Messiah. The news spread it like wildfire. It was a buzzword that soon reached all ports of entry and all crossroads. Have you heard? I tell you, I saw it with my own eyes. The man came hopping out of the grave. He was alive. I tell you, he was alive. This man, Jesus, did it. Some runners whose job it was to carry important news to surrounding cities made this same bold declarations in plazas and marketplaces. They proclaimed that Jesus was the Messiah and so many believed. And there was a ground swell of news followers. Jesus was fast to becoming the household word all around Mesopotamia and beyond. Now, let's take a look at this, this, this pool of power, this, this negative pool of power. Jesus had power, but Caphius had power, too. It's not power that corrupts. It's what you do with power, say to God. I'm going to say that again. It's not power that corrupts. It's what you do with power. And Jesus raised the dead. Caphius was another story. Let's look at the three negative possibilities of what will happen of the pool of power. First, power promises control. This was the plight of the power for religious leaders in our text this morning. The Pharisees were desperate to dominate their dominion. They were either desperate to stay on top or they were desperate to get on top. Uh, Caphius was on top. He was the high priest and he knew his days as a hit potentate was numbered if the Messiah showed up. And so up he did. Caphis could not deny Jesus. He knew what the prophets of the old had foretold. He knew the Messiah was coming and would take over as high priest. And see what happened, my brothers and sisters. We do strange things when our days are numbered. As long as we are in control, we feel safe and secure. But see what happens when we lose control to someone greater. Say, I know good people stoop to greatness and good men and good women submit to divine authority. Good people succumb to the Holy Spirit control. But listen, this is what happened. Greedy men, self-serving men, self-serving women, self-serving men, self-serving people corrupt and refuse to bow. And so here's Caphas. He knew the promise of Messiah would come and die for the sins of the world. He thought, what could be more expedient than to accelerate the promise? Ha ha. Unfortunately, noble intentions were never the motivation of this nobility. Caphias, like so many men and women of renowned control, get sucked in by power's control. He stood in stark contrast to Jesus, a leader who used his power to resist the temptation, to be in control. And when Satan took Jesus up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and promised in, in, in Matthew 4 and 9, all this I will give to thee if you bow down and worship me. And this is what Jesus said in verse 10. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy serve. Caphias fell the same way we often fail. The disciple Jesus said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But resistance comes at a price we are too often unwilling to pay. We don't want to give up control, say to God.
Second, power feeds conceit. Once a man or woman is trapped by his own conceit, he will never go quiet into the night. Worry got to Caphias, the high priest, very quickly. He knew God had promised a Messiah, and he knew Jesus was the real deal because Jesus had already fulfilled some key Old Testament prophecies. Isaiah 70, 14, Isaiah said, Messiah will be born of a virgin. In Isaiah 49, 6b, he said, Isaiah will become a light to the Gentiles. In Isaiah 35, 5 and 6, he said he will perform many miracles. In Micah 4 and 2, he said he would turn the loyalty to him. In Joel 2 and 32, he said, will preach his message of salvation to everyone. These were just a few of the warnings, Caphias, and the religious hierarchy that Jesus Christ was the long-awaited Messiah. Caphias knew that many more prophetic fulfillments lay ahead. There was no sense in denying it, but if the Jews were to remain in power, his only hope was to try and thwart and prevent the uninevitable. Caphias was conceited enough to think he could overpower the reputation of Jesus with his own charismatic leadership. See, conceit kicks in. Few facts will change our ways, and Caphias must have thought the same. Who is better to lead the Jews than me, he said. Who knows the inner workings of the Roman government better than me? Who is better positioned to guarantee the Jews peace with Rome? After all, Caphias had worked hard to get on the good side of the Roman government. He was the one who had kept the Jews from rising up against the Romans. So big-headed Caphias decided he was the best man for the job. And so he got Jesus. The only way he could do it was to get Jesus out of the way so he could continue to stream and to demonstrate his own superiority. And so, brothers, sisters, don't be too hard on Caphias until you've looked into the mirror. Powerful people often ignore the deity. They convince themselves that things are going to go well solely because of their hard work. They tell themselves life is good because they have made all the right choices. They keep one eye in the mirror and they work to flatter the masses. But Proverbs 26 and 12 warns us, seest thou man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope for of a fool than in him. My Lord, my God. So listen, the third power attracts envy. Remember, 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 power appease or appeases or appeals to kind of people. Those who have it and those who want it. <laughs> Caffius had the power. Those who do not have power saw opportunity to please those in power. They envy the position of those in control and they desire to be like them. These men who carried the news to the Pharisees were there when Lazarus was raised from the dead, but they were gripped with unbelief and refused to accept Jesus as the son of God, despite the most powerful evidence they had witnessed. Instead, instead, they sought personal opportunity. They had the opportunity to make inroads with the religious hierarchy and power. So they completely ignored the evidence that Christ was the Messiah. They ran straight to the Pharisees and Caphias and ratted out the Redeemer. They flattered the religious establishment in the hopes of being in with the in crowd. They became the minions of an unbelieving majority. My Lord, my God. Thus you have it. The setting of what would soon become the final days of Christ's ministry on earth. It would unfold rapidly now. They look, look, look. The Last Supper, the Mark trial, the road to Calvary, his suffering and his death. But when Christ's earthly ministry was over, power took on a new form. 
It took on the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to overcome evil with good, the power to love your enemies, the power to submit to Christ's divine authority. And this is what happened. The Apostle Paul would write about it some years later saying, for I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much in trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not withstand in wisdom of men, but in power of God. Saints of God, the pool of power can be deadly. It can also be delightful. If you all will allow Christ to exercise power within you, you do nothing that will not give Christ honor. It will be a shout of his glory, a shout of his beauty, a shout of his message. And then one day you'll see how that pool of power went from negative to positive in the name of Jesus. May God bless you and keep you. This is our prayer.